Hey everyone, thank you for joining me today as we continue our journey through the strange paradiso. I want to um, share a couple of things with you. The first one comes from someone who said that she at one time was into automatic writing. She decided that uh, that is what interested her the most. When people are going to start uh, dabbling or start to somehow wander through the occult, they will normally gravitate towards one particular thing. Later on, they'll expand their horizons and get into more and more. But it's usually, I mean, typically, there's one particular subject that just seems to capture the attention of the dabbler, okay, at the beginning. So she said that um, she was communicating with spirits or what have you, and uh, she'd get out her pen and her paper, and she would start well, you've seen automatic writing. They'll just start like maybe scribbling in a circle or doing certain things. And uh, she said that she did indeed contact something which at the time she thought was a family member of the person who she was doing this for. She was trying to contact someone for a friend of hers. And she said, in the middle of this session, she was unable to do anything else but make eights. She said, it was like someone was holding my arm and I was only able, it it was compelling me to make figure eights. She just could not stop. She wanted to stop. She wanted to stop the whole session, but she was unable to. So it wasn't until later that I guess she was talking to someone and she was telling them her tale of what had happened. And this person told her, that when you can only make eights or when you find yourself making a lot of eights during these automatic writing sessions, it means that there is a demon that is present. There is a demonic entity that is present. Now, I don't know if this is true. I've never done automatic writing. I don't know anyone personally who does automatic writing. So I don't know if that is a true statement, but maybe it is. If you're interested in taking this further, you can look into it and check it out, see if that is true. Some of these things that I um, bring on these walks, I really don't have time to research them. These Many of these, okay, many of these um, experiences are submitted to me by others. And I don't want to just let them pile up. I want to share them with you all. 
and whether you want to take them further or it's not that interesting to you, that's everyone's own personal decision. I'm just here to present these things. I find it interesting though, and I'm probably going to take a look and see if that really is the case with these numbers, or would it maybe be any particular number? But she said it felt like there was someone or something grab hold of her arm so that she could not She had to make those figure eights. She couldn't break away from it. Strange stories. Okay, so this next one comes from someone and she says, when she was growing up, one of the houses that they lived in had a wooden fence all around it. The sides, the back, you know, in the backyard. She said we had a wooden fence. Now, this wooden fence was, you know, they get kind of rickety later on. They're not sturdy. They don't last forever. I need like a brick fence or fender block, whatever they call it. But um, she said that at night, not every night, but randomly, she never knew when this was going to appear. She said she would see a figure in the back, in the backyard, not on the sides, but in the back. Because her window that she looked out of, like when she was laying in her bed, faced the very back of the yard. And there would be a figure up there sometimes walking along the fence, on top of the fence. So she figured that It was the people who lived behind them because they lived in a regular neighborhood. There were people on the sides of them, people across the street, people behind them. They were in like a track neighborhood. So she just figured, oh, it's somebody who lives behind us. So this went on for a while. And then one day she decided that she was going to tell her mom that sometimes at night there's someone who walks on top of the back fence. And her mom said, well, I don't think so. I don't think that anybody would be out there doing that. And she said, but mom, I see this person. It's a dark figure, like maybe they're wearing some dark kind of clothing, like like a ninja. She said it just reminded her of a ninja who was up there walking along that fence. Sometimes it would be walking faster than other times, but it was up there. So they went out there and her mom showed her the fence. Now this fence wasn't picket, but it came to points. It wasn't a flat, smooth surface up there. So anyone who was walking on top of that fence, I mean, it would be pretty difficult. So... She said, when her mom picked her up and showed her, "Um, who's going to walk on top of this? She got scared suddenly. Now, she doesn't know why, but instantly she had this feeling of fear because she thought it must be a ghost. There's a ghost walking up here. So... 
her mom decided, okay, she was going to humor her. And she was like, you know what? I'm going to stay with you in your room until later on when you go to sleep. And I'll go back into my room. And so she said, okay. So her mom stayed in her room kind of like fell asleep in her bed and nothing ever happened. The girl didn't see anything. So her mom got up early in the morning. She went back into her room. And then the next couple of nights later, she saw this figure again. And she said when she saw this figure walking along the fence top, it faced, it turned, it faced her. It kind of like squatted up there on top of that fence and waved at her. Then it seemed to have jumped off of the fence, but it jumped backwards as if it was jumping into the house behind them's backyard. And that was it. Never appeared again. Now, um, we know that this was not a person. I don't know what it was, but this was not a person. I don't know what to um, name this thing what uh, type of entity it would have been. But whatever it was, obviously somehow knew that she had told her mom. They had went out there, they had investigated, and then her mom decided that she was going to stay in the room with her. And so this thing, whatever it was, it was like confirming this girl's suspicion that it was not a person, but indeed it was some type of entity. Also, when when this thing would have turned towards her and squatted, that thing would have had to have had like the arch almost of its feet on top of those points. What per? I mean, yeah, whatever this was, it wasn't a. It wasn't human. So that's just a, another one of these things that we cannot explain. And it takes me back a little bit to um, this person who I knew many, many years ago. And this person, their backyard had a, it was surrounded by a chain link fence. Beyond that fence, was an alley. So if they were in their backyard with the chain link fence, you know, there's, there's no, nothing solid to block the alley from your vision. So they could see it clearly. He would tell me that sometimes he'd be laying in his bed. He'd be getting ready to go to sleep but it was always at night and he would hear this sound like somebody hammering a nail or somebody hammering on something metal. He said, I would hear this out in the alley. Well, there were people who lived on the other side of the alley and they were, once again, okay, they're in a neighborhood. So it wasn't a big deal. But this one particular night, he just got curious why he would hear this from time to time at night. And so he got up and he looked out the window and what he saw looked to him to be a man who was out there like working on a car, changing a tire and doing this kind of stuff. So he just went back to bed. Okay, there's somebody out there working on their car. But this would happen quite often. It was always the same thing. And he said, sometimes 
I wouldn't even be in bed. I'd be getting ready to go to bed. It might be 8.30 at night, 9 o'clock, and I would start hearing that sound. But I look out the window and there's nothing there. Well, a little while later, this person would reappear and be out there working on their car. So one night, his mom, because she worked evenings, she worked, she worked nights, she worked at the hospital. So she came home and it was, he said, probably around midnight. Now it was, this was during the summer, the summer vacation. So he's standing in his room, looking out the window and she walked into his room and she said, what are you looking at? What are you doing? And he said, oh, I'm just looking at that guy out there working on his car. And then she's standing right by him and she says, what guy? Then he turns back to look out the window and the guy's gone. And he's like, there's a guy out there working on his car and he's working out there like almost every night. And she's like, well, there's no one out there now. So go, go get in bed. So he said he went ahead and then he decided that, okay, the guy must have taken off and he got into bed. Maybe an hour later, he starts hearing that sound again. And he gets up and he looks out the window and he sees that guy working on his car. So then the guy stops working on his car and he turns around and looks at the person who told me the story and waved at him. That was the last time he saw this whatever it was, this being out there working on his car in the alley. Very, these type of things. Now, whatever these things are, it did, see, it didn't really scare him. It just made him wonder, like, what in the heck is this, okay? But in that same house, he said one night, one of the walls on the side of his bed he said, it's like this wall turned in to like gum or something. And there were faces that seemed to be trying to push from the other side of the wall. He would see the outlines of these faces. Like they were trying to come through, but the wall was like not... Like it, it wasn't breaking through, but he could see the form of these faces. And he said that was the same room, the same house that he was in when he saw that guy out there working on his car. The other thing that happened was the family had this little dog. It was like the size of a little teacup, little poodle, or what, one of those little Yorkies, you know, really tiny little guy. And he said, uh, yeah, we had this little dog, really tiny little teacup thing. It was um, like the family pet, and he is, his name was Buddy. So one day, Buddy went missing. And Buddy was an inside dog. The guy was so little, he said, we couldn't let him outside. He was like, you know, and then he showed me about how big he was. He's like, this thing didn't even weigh 10 pounds. He probably weighed like six pounds. Just a tiny little guy. 
Now, these houses where this happened, okay, all of this happened in Long Beach, California. So these houses were rather old, probably built in the 50s or early 60s. They did not have forced air heating or air conditioning. They had a wall furnace. I don't know any of you guys familiar with those types of furnaces, but they're attached to usually the wall in the living room. And so you have to, um, like when it's going to start becoming colder weather, you have to turn the gas on and light that pilot light so that your furnace will work. It's, I guess like in the summer or when the weather gets warm, you turn off the gas. There's like a little knob in there, okay? And it turns off the pilot light. So he said, well, Buddy disappeared. They didn't know where he went. And so everybody was sad. It was like just cute little guy. He was a family pet. So um, it did, It was starting to get cooler weather. So his dad went and um, you had to like take the front of that wall heater off to be able to get down there, get a match and light that pilot light. And Buddy was in the furnace. Even though he was small, you could not get into the furnace. He's, and I remember these things also from living in Los Angeles. You couldn't slip a piece of paper in there because there was a bottom to it. It was like a metal, a metal thing. So how Buddy got in there, no one knew. He said everybody just kind of stood there with their eyes wide open. Like how in the world was he able to get in there? Somebody had to have put him in there. They would have had to have taken the face of that furnace off, put Buddy in there, and then screw it back together. Nobody knew. It was, they had three children, okay? It was the three kids, the mom and the dad. No one was going to do that to that dog. But no one could understand how that dog got in there. There was just no way, no way. Another strange thing that happened in that same house. Now, moving on, we talk about not haunted places, but people, okay, who are said to be haunted. Now, people could just have, not even attachments, guys, people could just have some kind of, um, I don't know, like a beacon, okay, that just for some reason brings these things towards them. Now, I don't know why. I don't know how it all gets started, except for maybe down the family line somehow. When you talk about generational things, okay, this seems to maybe be one of those But I'm not saying in every single case it has to be because of, you know, a a generational curse or anything like that. But many times it is. So later on, when he got older, so now he's, you know, he moves away. He gets a job. He's older now. 
he goes into the military, he comes out, he buys a place in Orange County, California. So he has this place in Orange County, California, and everything's been okay. You know, he was in the army and nothing was ever out of sorts. Nothing happened. He always remembered about that house in Long Beach, but it was like in the past. So things started happening. And what happened was, you know those um, closet doors and you like pull them open. There are two sides. And so they both fold in half to open up. So when they fold in half to open up, they make like this clacking sound, okay? And then to close them, you just get them and there's like this little knob on them on each side and you just kind of push them and they just go together. And some of the doors are solid. Some of the doors look like they've got little like um, blinds on them, but they're not blinds. You know, you can't move them or anything like that, but they come in different types of styles. All right. So anyways, I know that clacking sound. I know what he was describing. And he said that um, it wasn't too long after he moved in. He was in bed at night. And he is, from his direction of when he was going to sleep, he was away, like facing away from that closet. He says, I just started to go to sleep. And I heard that clacking sound, like that closet door opening. But it couldn't be, because he had no animals, and he was in there by himself. And he said he turned over slowly, and he saw that one side of those doors was open. So he thought, well, you know what? It's a possibility. Maybe I just didn't close it all the way. Because um, sometimes, guys, if you don't close it all the way so that both of those doors are flat, one of them can kind of pop open. Okay? So he was like, I'm not even going to bother. He just let it stay the way it was. And so he went to sleep. So the next day, and he doesn't feel anything. He said, I didn't feel anything. So the next day... He goes to work, everything's fine. He goes back home, he has his dinner, he gets cleaned up and watches TV. He says, it was probably somewhere close to midnight. I said I was going to go to bed. So he made sure now that he closed both sides of those doors all the way so that they were both flat. He goes to bed. Everything's fine. He wakes up in the morning. Now, he didn't hear anything, but when he woke up in the morning, the same side of the door was open, just the one side. And he was thinking, I didn't hear anything. So there just has to be something wrong with this closet. And then he starts, because we do this sometimes, guys, to try to explain things away. He decided that... um, there was something wrong with that one side because it was the one side, the same side, the left side, the last time this happened. So he decided there's something wrong with this mechanism, whatever it is that holds it closed. So he's going to fix it during the weekend. Okay. Or maybe just maybe there was an earthquake. He said, I was trying to 
comfort myself in creating these different types of scenarios. What could be causing this darn thing to happen? So it doesn't happen again the next night. Weekend comes. He decides I'm going to go and put new whatever he called them on there. And um, because maybe they were just old. Okay. And for some reason, this one side would not stay flat, would not stay closed. It was popping open. So he fixes it. He said, I didn't see anything wrong, but I fixed it or I replaced some of the things in there. And uh, he's happy with his work. Okay, this should do it. That night he goes to bed and he heard that dang clacking sound that night. He said, now I'm feeling kind of creeped out. I can feel something. He said, I, I couldn't hear anything with my, like audibly, but I could hear it like in my mind. He said it was very, very strange to try to explain this to someone. And so he turns around slowly because he can hear something. And the the way that is described, I don't know if you can hear this, guys, but it's like this. Let's see if you can hear this, okay? It's like a... Can you hear that? Just a very slight sound. So... He slowly turns over to look towards the closet. I'm getting goosebumps. And he said, I saw this thing that I cannot explain except for it was red. He said this thing was red and it had yellow eyes. So he like scrambles, you know, you like push yourself all the way up to a sitting position, like in a, in a big frantic hurry. And this thing was just looking down at him. It was tall. He said, I don't know how tall it was, but it was towering looking down at me. And he's a pretty tall person. He's probably about 6'3", something like that. And he said, this thing was tall. The next thing he knows, he was waking up. He was on the floor, on his belly. He crawled over to kind of like put both of the hands on his bed to peek over the top of his bed to look at the closet. And the closet was wide open. Not only that, but the clothing that was in there, okay? The clothing went all the way across the the clothing rod, right? But they were like separated off center, like something had to move the clothing to get in 
and to get out through a certain part of that wall. But the wall was intact. There was nothing there. There was no cutout that looked like it had been painted over or anything. He said it was flat. It was smooth. There was nothing there. So he sold that place. He said, I didn't even live there for a year. I may have lived there for like nine months. But at this time, when this happened, it was still at a time where um, you could do things like this. You didn't have all of these, um, what we have now with these interest rates and the high overpriced houses and all this stuff. It was still at a decent rate where he didn't lose too much. He said, I lost by selling that house less than a year later. I did lose, but not that much. And he said, and it was worth it just to get out of there. And also when he spoke to the realtor and he said, I don't know how you go about these things. No one ever said anything when I bought this house. He said, but I want to make it clear. There is something going on in here. I have had experience in this house. Well, the reason nobody said anything when he bought the house is because there was nothing that happened in that house. And there wasn't anything that happened since. But it's happened to him. So that's what we talk about. These type of things that seem to happen to certain individuals. This person, even though he's been through quite a bit, he's, he's uh, experienced quite a bit, he is not a dabbler. He is not an occultist. He does not do Ouija board. Nothing like that. But we don't know what has happened, okay? We don't know, actually, what happened with his dad's side of the family. So, and that is something that uh, no one will ever know unless they really start digging around because his dad is no longer among the living. So unless he decides to really start looking into certain things, and right now he doesn't have a lot of time to do this, um, he would maybe be able to find out why these things happened. But, um, yeah, when one person has so many, and that's not it, that's not it. There are more that have happened to this person. Well, just like me, and just like many of you, we may have all had numerous experiences. We may have witnessed things. We may have um, even things that don't seem like anything much to others. I'm going to tell you that um, this happened so many years ago when we lived in our first house. And it was in the morning. I dropped my kids off at school and then I was going to get ready to go to work. So I came home. There was no one there. Everybody, my husband was at work. Um, 
Now my kids were in school. And so I was going up the stairs. And I have shared this with you guys before. Those of you who have been with me for a while will remember this. I was going up the stairs. I got about three quarters of the way. And I could smell my grandmother's perfume. And it was overpowering. It wasn't just in my imagination. This was overpowering. And this was a perfume that she used to wear. It was her signature scent that once you smell it, you will never, ever forget it. It's an old-fashioned perfume. I doubt that you can even find it anymore, but you wouldn't want to anyways because it doesn't smell very good, and it was called Taboo. I smelled that Taboo. And I stopped. I called my mother once I was finished getting ready. Because then the smell, it, it just lingered for a few seconds and then it went away. I called my mother when I was finished getting ready, right before I was getting ready to leave to go to work. And I told her what had happened. Now, my mom doesn't believe the way that I do. She's had experiences, but nothing like I have. And she just, maybe it's not that she doesn't believe, but she just doesn't look into things. And she said, oh, well, that was just your grandma going to um, visit you or whatever. When she said that, I was just like, are you tripping? Like, do you really believe that? Because she had never said anything like that before. I don't know what it was, guys. I don't, like, okay, if my grandmother was able to come and visit me, she's just going to, like, spray some taboo. That was just so strange. Um, And my own opinion about this, my own This is my personal belief, okay? I'm not saying that I'm right. I could be full of hoo-ha, but my belief and my feeling, my opinion about this is that this happened and it was a detention getter. And the reason for this was so that I could open a line of communication, It was for, I could start maybe speaking out, addressing my grandmother. And yes, once I did that, guess what? I would get an answer back. Oh, definitely so. And also, what I would be doing is I would be inviting something into my realm, okay? So that's my feeling about that incident. Now, um, you may be asking yourself, yeah, but why? I was very close with my grandmother. I actually would choose my grandmother over my parents. I mean, yes, over anyone. I was very close with her. So that is why also, okay, besides me being really close with my grandmother, that unmistakable scent of taboo. There is no mistake. Many smells, you know, you're going to be like, you know, I, I smelled that perfume before, but what's that perfume? It reminds me of this or that. 
Okay, I'm going to tell you guys a story, okay? So a long, long time ago, I used to wear this perfume called Red. And um, I can't remember who made it, but I really used to like it. So anyways, my sister and I, we went out to the club and we got all drunk, okay? And I think I was drinking kamikaze shooters and I was so drunk. And after that night, I could never wear Red again. But that's one of those smells that if I smell it today, I will know it's red because it made, you know, I was wearing that. And then the next day and everything, I was so sick because I had gotten so drunk the night before while I was wearing that perfume. And uh, so it kind of like traumatized my senses, I guess is what I'm saying. So that's the same thing with the taboo. You'll never forget it. There are just some smells that take you back and you'll never forget. Taboo is one of them. If any of you guys somehow have the misfortune of smelling that perfume, you'll know what I'm talking about, okay? But yeah, I, I um, felt that that is what the agenda was. Open that line of communication. I smell that taboo. Got my attention. Yeah. So anyways, guys, that's all that I've got for today. Um, I'm going to try to be back tomorrow, okay, and bring some more stuff that uh, of interest on our walk. Now, there is something that I'm going to try to talk about tomorrow. I found it really interesting, but I have to write it out. So I'm going to try to get some time later on today so that I can write this particular thing so that I can share it with you and not make any mistakes and be able to explain myself clearly because um, some of this stuff I don't understand. I guess I would have to be like a musician to be able to understand this. So I'm going to try to get into that tomorrow, okay? Once again, you can contact me, maybe underscore Maria. They're all lowercase, guys. Maybe underscore Maria at Outlook.com. I love hearing from you. Um, if you want to hear about something, maybe some obscure subject you've heard a long time ago, maybe things that you're uncertain about and so on, or maybe just something that you've heard from a couple of people now. And like I always listen for like three times. And if I hear somebody like three different um, outlets, talking and saying pretty much the same thing, having the same opinion on something, I'm really going to take a look into it. So even something like that, guys, if you want to hear like other thoughts on a certain subject, all right, just let me know. And um, we'll be walking and talking again soon as possible. I'm looking for tomorrow, God willing, and the river don't rise. Everybody have a great evening. Ciao.